This is episode number 349 with Doug Evans. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Self-love is something that I battled with for many years. It took me a long time, hitting rock bottom and ending up in hospital in 2010, to get to the place that I'm at now. It's been a journey. When I was in hospital, I realized that I had zero self-love and that needed to shift. Luckily, I was given a book that changed my life. You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. I devoured it in a day. And something she said hit me like a ton of bricks. Choose you. In that moment, I realized all my life I had not been choosing myself. I was a people pleaser and put everyone else before me. And in that moment, I decided to make a wholehearted commitment to choose myself. That's when I enrolled in the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, also known as IIN. Now, I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. I didn't know what I was going to do with the training. All I knew is that it was a full body hell yes. If you sign up to IIM before the 24th of September, you will receive $2,000 off your tuition plus my business bundle valued at $1,141. How cool is that? So whether you want to do this course for yourself so you can arm yourself with all the knowledge you need for you and your family to thrive, or whether you're a yoga teacher, personal trainer, or health writer, and you want to add another tool to your toolkit, or whether you want an entirely new career as a certified holistic health coach, IIN is for you. All you have to do is email ambassadors at integrativenutrition.com and let them know you want the Melissa Ambrosini Ambassador Special Offer. That's it. Doug Evans is an early pioneer in the health food movement. After losing his mother to cancer and his father to heart disease and watching his brother suffer through diabetes and three strokes, he invested in and co-founded Organic Avenue. Organic Avenue was one of the first organic cold-pressed juice and raw food retailers in the US. I actually went there in New York many years ago and I loved it. He was also the inventor and founder of Juicero, the first at-home cold-pressed juicing system. And in a three-year period, he led the company from conception to production launch and sold over 1 million packs before it was composted. How cool is that? He now lives off the water and food grid on his land with private hot springs east of Joshua Tree, California at Wonder Valley Hot Springs, where he created a sprout lab, wrote the sprout book, and has a daily practice of sitting, soaking, and ashtanga. Sounds amazing. And in this episode, we chat about his unconventional morning routine and his incredibly inspiring journey with sprouts why he wrote the Sprout book, all you need to know about the transforming benefits that Sprouts will bring into your life and your wallet, how Sprouts can impact your digestion and make your microbiome happy, the main reason why you don't really hear about Sprouts and their epic influence on health, 
how the COVID pandemic has highlighted the flaws of our food system and the importance of growing our own food. What really makes Sprouts such rich, nutritious bombs and the exact amount you need so that you can up-level your health. How to smoothly start your Sprout journey today and 10x your health, plus so much more. And for everything that we mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes and that's over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 349. But before we dive into today's episode, I want to read the review of the week. And this week, it is a five-star review from Hilary Clare, and it's titled Inspiring Podcast. And Hilary says, this is one of my go-to podcasts each week. Melissa has amazing guests, and she is incredible at empowering her listeners to make healthier lives for themselves. Thank you, Hilary, for that beautiful review. I'm so grateful. And for everyone who leaves a review, I want to gift you my wildly wealthy guided meditation. All you have to do is send me a screenshot of your review to hello at melissarambrosini.com and I will send that over to you. And if you want to get your hands on my Bursting with Love guided meditation, all you have to do is leave a review on Amazon for Mastering Your Mango or Open Wide or both and send me a screenshot and I'll send that over to you. And now without further ado, let's get this party started with the one and only Doug Evans. Doug, it is so great to have you here. I'm so excited to dive in. But before we get started, can you tell us what you had for breakfast this morning? So I had water for breakfast. And that's it because I do a limited feeding window. So my feeding window is between noon and 6 p.m. So for breakfast, I drank a liter of water and I'm in the desert. So then I had about 45 minutes later, I had another liter of water. And then I ran five kilometers um, at 48 degrees Celsius. And so 100 plus 109 degree Fahrenheit. So that's my day today so far. And then you keep drinking water until 12 o'clock? Till 12 o'clock. And then then I'll eat fruit. So right now, watermelon is in season. So I had at least a full half of an organic watermelon with seeds, which is my favorite. It was one of the best watermelons I've had um, all year. So I literally just scoop it out like a little kid and I just sit there and eat it. And that's what I had for lunch. Beautiful. Sounds delicious. So can you tell us how old you are? I'm 54 years old. Wow. You look amazing. Thank you. Thank you. But I have to say, when I say 54, 54 is what I think of as a grown-up. And I feel like in my childlike, you know, fancy life. So it's, I have no idea of age. Like literally, there's just no concept of age. So, but I feel great. But I, so therefore, since I don't care about my age, you know, and I'm, not a racist, sexist, or ageist, or speciesist, I'm happy to share, you know, anything. So feel free to ask me anything, Melissa. Well, I'm so excited to dive in. I really want to dive in and talk to you about sprouts because I think they are a very simple thing that we can all do that have such a huge impact on our health. But before we go there, I want you to share your story. 
How did you get here? How did you get to where you are today? Because I love your story and I want you to share it with my audience. Yeah. So my story, and I'm going to sit back and just relax. You make me feel so comfortable, Melissa. So my story is I was a bad boy. And, And I wrote about this a little bit in my book, but I guess I was prescribed glasses when I was like seven or eight years old but I was insecure, so I never wore my glasses. So I remember putting them on, taking them off, walking down the street, thinking that everyone was going to be going four eyes and shaming. So I went through school without my glasses. So as a result, I couldn't see. My grades were terrible. And so I went off on a really bad path, and I couldn't get into good schools. And I, what I could do was I could draw and I could paint, so I got into the arts, and but the arts then were graffiti and subway trains. And so that was fun for me. But then when I turned 17, I could no longer paint on subway trains. I joined the U.S. Army as a paratrooper, which was insane thing to do. And I'll be very candid. I didn't do it from a patriotic point of view. I did it as a selfish point of view because all of my friends were getting into serious trouble. They were going to jail. You know, someone died. Someone was kind of getting into really bad activities. And I had watched TV, and I believed in the Army College Fund and Be All You Can Be. And I thought, like, okay, if I go into the Army, I'll get discipline. I'll be able to save my money, and then I could move on with my life. And so I got out of the Army. And I jumped out of planes, I ran through the woods, I built bridges, I blew them up, and I got into the, you know, almost the best physical shape of my life. Because now I'm in better physical shape than I am when I was in the military. But it it really straightened me out at that time and gave me confidence and self-esteem, and I'd saved some money. But I I could never get a like the concept of sitting in school after I got out of the army where you're totally wild and practically swinging from the trees made no sense for me to go back to school. So I just decided that I was going to work. And so I would do anything that I could to work, whether it was buying and selling baseball cards, working in a restaurant, working in a supermarket, working in as a bus boy. And I was doing all these things and I was making money, but it I didn't feel like I had any purpose, that I was somewhat lost. And it wasn't fun for me to work, but I couldn't not work. So the idea of sitting and watching TV or socializing and having quote unquote fun, I didn't feel worthy of fun. I felt like I needed to work. And then my one of my mentors, who's now in his late 70s, he said to me, well, Doug, you like graffiti. Why don't you go into graphic design? That's a legitimate firm. And my my life kind of took a interesting toll there where the first book on graphic design I found was by a gentleman by the name of Paul Rand, who happened to have designed IBM, ABC, UPS, Westinghouse. And he was working with um, Steve Jobs on the next computer corporate identity. And Paul took me under his wing. You could actually Google Doug Evans and Steve Jobs. And you'll see an interview I did with Steve in 1993. And it has 400,000 views on YouTube. And 
it was a great, great interview with, with the, the man himself about graphic design and his relationship with my mentor. And I worked for this man for seven years without pay. So I was an unpaid intern, apprentice, and had a, it, was like, it was like the karate kid working with a master, and Paul was indeed a master, and he was hard. He, was, he ran the, the graphic design program at Yale University, and when I interviewed with him, I told him the closest I got to Yale was I was eating free hors d'oeuvres in the Yale Club in Manhattan, and he laughed. But that was an incredible experience. And then I went from working with Paul to then doing computer graphics. And then everything was going great, except my aunt got diabetes and they chopped off her feet below her ankles. And then my uncle got heart disease and he died. And then my aunt, my other aunt, had like IBS and colitis and couldn't really function. And then my uncle got heart disease. Then my mother got stomach cancer and she died. My father got heart disease and he died. And my brother, my older brother, became morbidly obese, became morbidly obese developed type 2 diabetes, developed atrial fibrillation, the irregular heartbeat, and then had the first of three strokes and a heart attack. So this was me 21 years ago, thinking like, here I am, I'm successful, I'm, I'm, everything's going great. And then everyone around me is, is dead or dying. And I thought I was 36 pounds heavier because I was making the association between food and a reward system. So the fact that I had money, I could eat out at the nicest steakhouses and Italian restaurants and French restaurants. And so I used my money to buy food, which was a status symbol, and that felt good. But then I w- thought I was genetically cursed. And I met a woman, you know, they say when a student is ready, the teacher will come. I met a woman in New York City who was a vegan. And her name was Denise Mari, and she was the first vegan I ever met. I thought, I never even heard the term vegan. I thought vegan was short for vegetarian. And, and she made the distinction, and she was very strict. And in a two-week period, I went from eating fast food, street food, processed food, refined food, meat, dairy, animal products, and literally any sort of junk, candy, processed things to vegetarian, vegan, and then raw vegan. And that was in 1999. So that was my, in New York City. And we didn't have the term USDA organic certification didn't occur until 2002. So there were no vegan restaurants that I knew of at the time. There was nothing really accessible. So Denise and I were just constantly planning like what we could do to make it easier to live this lifestyle that we were eating. And ultimately, Denise took over my loft and started to run a little community center there. And she was showing movies like, what was the movie, Earthlings and different movies that were aligned, who killed the electric car. So we were showing movies, we were having potlucks, having people come over and then buying and selling various products. And that became Organic Avenue. So in 2002, Denise says, oh, well, we should call it something. 
And I was like, well, what do you like? And she said, oh, like Sesame Street. And I said, well, what about Organic Avenue? And so we trademarked that. And that was a 10-year journey of creating an all-raw, organic, plant-based, low-impact. So we used glass bottles for all of our dry goods that we sold and of our juices, soups, and smoothies. And then we'd collect a $2 deposit and they would come back. So I did that for 10 years. We opened up over 10 stores. And then that's a separate journey, but that was great. And then I went on to inventing this machine that I miss dearly called Juicero. I don't know if you ever saw that. It's a beautiful, it's like an espresso machine for cold juice. And it, it lived a very short life, five years of my life, but a year commercialized. And it was really misunderstood. And do you, do you have cold pressed juice in Australia? We do. We do. And, we, and we, you can buy a cold pressed juicer and do it at home yourself. Yeah. So, so I felt that the people who had the cold pressed juicers at home were using them once or twice a week. I'm sorry, once or twice a month. Right, because they had to buy the produce, wash the produce, make the juice, and then use the juicer. But if people had an espresso machine, they were using it once or twice a day. Like it was just so easy. And I felt that green juice had helped heal me. Like I really believe in unsweetened, cold press greens that anyone can eat a banana, anyone can eat an apple or berries or even oranges. But to try to have massive amounts of dark green leafy vegetables, kale, chard, cilantro, parsley, arugula, that's hard to eat in big amounts. So I felt green juice was a way of getting another serving of fruits and vegetables. But it, it, I look at that, for me, it was a success that we launched a product, we sold thousands of them and over a million servings of produce. But we were way ahead of our time and very misunderstood. So I decided I was going to take some time to go to the desert and connect with the universe. Like watch every sunrise, watch every sunset, feel the vibrational energy of the vortex and soak in healing waters of hot springs. So that was my vision. So I found it. I bought a little plot of land and I moved to the desert. And this is where the sprouting journey really took off because I'd known about sprouting, just like when we were chatting with your husband earlier, he knew about sprouting, but there were so many other more convenient, more quote unquote, delicious, accessible foods that sprouting was always second here. It was a garnish. It was something that I'd have on a on a wrap or a sandwich, or maybe sprinkled on a salad. But when I moved to the desert, not only was I in the Mojave Desert, I was in a food desert. So the nearest high quality health food store was over one hour away, hour and 15 minutes with no traffic. So round trip, if I needed to go to the grocery store, it was going to take me three or four hours minimum to, to do that. And that's when I was like, no, I'm like falling asleep at the wheel. I'm, you know, I'm right in the sun. And then I said, oh, well, what about sprouts? So I started to grow the sprouts that I knew about, sunflower sprouts, alfalfa sprouts, mung bean sprouts. And within one month, 
50% of my calories were coming from sprouts that I was growing in one cubic foot, right? So half a centimeter or half a meter, cubic meter on the countertop, I'm growing these sprouts and it was easy and I was full, right? So I was eating fruit from the farmer's market and then growing my sprouts and I'm a happy camper and I had my routine. And then I started to add more sprouts and I started to research them. And we had just put internet into our little compound here. So I had good internet access and I'm researching. And I tell you, Melissa, the more I researched sprouts, the more excited I got about sprouts. It was like fireworks going off in my brain. And I literally felt like, you know, I discovered like something incredible. But then my ego and the imposter syndrome and the wounds that I had kept saying, well, no, Doug, you didn't discover anything. Sprouts have been around since the beginning of time. Everyone knows about sprouts. What can you add to the sprouts? So I said, okay. So I bought every book on sprouts. And I was like, wow, this is really great information. But this doesn't have the fire in the belly and, and the drive and the information. And it's all dated that the books didn't even cover the benefits of, uh, of the new knowledge that occurred in the last 20 years about cruciferous vegetables and about glucoraphanin and sulforaphane and myrosinase and the, the subtle things that happen when you sprout. So that's when I said, you know what? Even though I'm uncomfortable writing, right? Because the extent of my writing were emails, right? And, and now more text. So I, I never wrote an essay. I didn't go to college. So writing was very, very difficult for me. But the why I should write the book was so powerful and so compelling. I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. I flew to New York, which was like culture shock for me because I hadn't been there for a while and I grew up there. I visited one publisher and I said, look, sprouts, this is the future of food. Sprouts have been around since the beginning of time because there'd be no plant life on the planet without seeds, right? So you need seeds and sprouts are when they germinate. But the insight that I had was that seeds have been around since the beginning of time. Sprouting was one step in the process of germination, but most of the world were, were eating mature fruits and vegetables that took weeks, months, years to grow. And I didn't have weeks or months or years to grow. Like I needed food now. And with six mason jars, I set up a little routine where two tablespoons of broccoli seeds were making six cups of broccoli sprouts. And one cup of broccoli sprouts has 60% of the recommended daily allowance of vitamin C. And because they went from a dark brown seed that looked like a poppy seed into a mature sprout and it was green and it had leaves on it, it had chlorophyll. And when it starts off as that little protein seed and it grows, it's developing soluble and insoluble fiber. And so that was the, the first level of understanding. I didn't even know about the anti-cancer 
cytoprotective, chemoprotective properties of these compounds like glucoraphanin. And then when you chew them, they, they, they release the, the enzyme myrosinase to form sulforaphane. I knew nothing about that. I was just thinking about food and having food. And so many magical things happened with sprouts. But I'm going to take a breath. <laughs> I'm going to take a breath now, Melissa. I knew you didn't. I could have gone the entire time, but I'm taking a breath. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. Such an incredible story. There's so many things I want to dive into. My husband, Nick, is the sprouter in our house. He is obsessed and he has been diving into it. I think he first discovered you on our friend Simon Hill's podcast. And so you can talk to me like a complete newbie. So just pretend like I am this complete newbie when we get into how to sprout and things like that. But your book has some amazing endorsements from Dr. Oz, Deepak Chopra, Dean Ornish, which congratulations, by the way, they're incredible endorsements. Now, one thing that you say is that after 10 days of sprouting, a reader, once they've read your book, will lose weight, gain energy, reduce inflammation, sleep better, become more regular, and think more clearly. That's pretty exciting stuff. So can you tell us about all the benefits from sprouts? Yeah. The interesting thing was sprouts are vegetables. So, and they are whole plant-based vegetables. So the fact that we get to leverage, and by the way, Simon Hill, he's a great mate. I love Simon. I love doing the podcast with him. The, the great thing about sprouts is I believe there's a global consensus that vegetables are good for you. Organic vegetables are good for you, right? We can all agree on that. Like no one can debate this. Like, you know, there's so many other things that you can debate, but no one can debate that vegetables are the best things for you and that we all need to eat them every single day. Yes. Right. So, so with that, in the US, they recommend seven to 13 servings of fruits and vegetables daily. So it is imperative to have a wide variety and diversity. As Dr. B writes in Fiber Fueled, you need to have a lot of diversity of fiber into your diet. So, so people in America, everyone who's non-vegan and some newbies that's vegan will say, Doug, where do you get your protein from? And my response is like, where did you get that question from? Like, like, where do you get your fiber from? And like, I don't feel protein deficient and I'm sure it's possible to become protein deficient, but I would argue there are more people that are overweight, diabetic, inflamed than there are people that are protein deficient. So when we look at like the benefits of sprouts, Sprouts have the benefits of the whole food plant-based diet. And if you eat sprouts, there's all sorts of consistency, like the gelatinous seeds, like the chia, arugula, flax, they have great consistency that you can make puddings, you can make things, but they have fiber and they're alive. 
the vegetable, garden variety vegetables, the radish, the broccoli, the alfalfa, the radish, those are pure fiber, pure antioxidants, vitamin C, super healthy. Then if you look at a cup of lentils, this is a, a great thing, and I'm refining my dialogue around lentils. But the difference, like lentils are pretty much accepted around the world as a healthy food and a healthy source of protein. If you were to take a half a cup of lentils and you sprout them, you get a full cup. Like, voila! Like, they grow in three days because they absorb the water, they germinate, you're triggering the growth, and as they grow, you're increasing the amount of soluble and insoluble fiber. So anyone who is on a budget or who doesn't want to spend money on organic food, this is revolutionary for them. Yeah, I mean, the fact that you could buy organic lentils by the pound for, if you can translate what two U.S. dollars is, what is that in, in, in almost two U.S. dollars is like a dollar 1.7 euros. And I don't know what it is in Australia and pounds, but what you, you want to translate quick or does everyone know what a dollar is? Everyone could work it out, but I can, I can definitely look it up. But what you're saying is like when you have like a pound of lentils, you can literally double it? You double it. You double the lentils. And when you double them, you're also doubling the amount of antioxidants. So if it's green, you're getting the chlorophyll. If it's red, you're getting the anthocyanidins. If it's orange, you're getting the beta carotenes. So you're doubling the antioxidants and you're tripling the vitamin C. Minimum triple of the vitamin C. And and it's alive. So you're getting an enzymatically active vegetable that when you chew that and you mix it with your saliva, you're getting these prebiotics that help the microbiome. Can we actually talk about digestion for a minute? Because in your book, you say that sprouts can help with digestion. Now, we've been sprouting for just a couple of weeks now. And taking into consideration different body types and different temperatures, you know, winter and summer, how does sprout affect different digestions? Because for me, when we first started, I got a little bit bloated and I almost resisted sprouts because it's winter in Australia at the moment and it was colder and I love warm foods. Like my body just loves them. But I did read that you can lightly steam them if you do want. And I'd like to hear your thoughts on that too. But let's talk about digestion. And was it just the fact that I was introducing these new sprouts into my life that maybe that was where the discomfort and the bloating was coming from? Not that something was going wrong. It was just my, my microbiome, like you said, the prebiotics was getting used to it. Yeah, it takes time to get used to it. And it's one of the things like if you decide to train for a marathon, you don't run, you know, 10 kilometers on your first day, or you will hurt, right? So I think the idea of adding a little sprouts to your diet, also, you know, when, when you introduce the sprouts to it, be very present with the sprouts. Like take the sprouts, look at them, marvel at them, 
and trigger your brain to know that this is the food that's going to help heal you and let the digestion of the sprouts begin with the eyes, right? And then there's no rush. Take the seed, take the sprout and chew it and mix it with your saliva, right? So you're getting it ready. And also, if you're you know, starting off, you can do one of two different strategies and they work different for different people. One is to have a few sprouts on an empty stomach so that the microbiome has very clear, like the, those probiotics and prebiotics in your stomach and the microbiome will look at this and say, aha, this is something new. Let's figure it out. And there's digestive fluids, right? Like the hydrochloric acids that are in the stomach that'll try to break it down. And then the microbiome will look at the fiber and try to feed off of it. And the, the bloating, you know, is basically the chemical reaction of introducing something foreign into the gut. And I would say if you were to read um, Fiber Fueled, Dr. B's book, um, he goes into a lot of it about diversity of fiber and doing it. The other way is you can take other vegetables that the body is very familiar with and add some sprouts into them and they'll slowly mask through. But if you eat too many sprouts up front and your body's not prepared for it, it, it might feel it might feel uncomfortable for a little bit. Mm, yeah. You say sprouts have 20 to 30 times the nutrients of other vegetables and 100 times those of meat. So when I read that, I thought, why have I not had these in my life, my whole life? Like, why are they not in the spotlight? Why are sprouts kind of, yeah, not under the spotlight? I think because when there was universal and ubiquitous access to land, to water, and you had time, you could take the broccoli seed and it would grow into a one kilo broccoli head with a lot of food on it. So, um, and that food was healthy, right? The vegetables, the broccoli, the cauliflower, the arugula, the bok choy, the carrots, all those foods were healthy for you. And so there was a time when people had access to vegetables and fruit and they ate them in the mature state. So the sprouting stage was just this one little weak period between you know, a dry seed germination and then going into the ground. So they didn't produce a lot of yield. Like one seed might grow eight to 10 times, but it wasn't a lot. So, so I think that was it. And then if you fast forward, you know, hundreds or thousands of years today in the developed world, right, which I don't think it's that developed, but they call it the developed world, but in major cities with dense populations, we don't, most people don't have gardens. They don't know, have a green thumb. They don't know anything about gardening. So they're in this convenience culture where they're eating processed food, refined food, meals to go, or they're buying their vegetables and their produce from the market. And from that perspective, sprouts in the U.S., there is no national sprout company. There just isn't because sprouts are 
highly, highly perishable, hard to transport. So there are no national sprout companies. You could ship apples around for six months back and forth. You can't do that with sprouts. Sprouts have a very short fuse. So therefore, there are no national sprout companies. And there's no sprout marketing association. So no one's promoting sprouts. And they're not very profitable. Like if you think about the, the lentils in the market for $2 a pound, that's not very profitable. So people are thinking about like getting a can of pop that is selling for a dollar where they spend 50 cents on marketing. You know, they take the water from groundwater. They're adding some high fructose corn syrup and some food coloring, and they're making 30 cents of profit from that. You know, when you're dealing with 100% organic vegetables, there's not a lot of profit to be made. So therefore, there's no profit, there's no advertising, there's no marketing, and it's not convenient. So, but now this pandemic is making people aware of the need to take control of your food future. And I don't know, I hope there's not another wave of this, and I hope there's not another pandemic looming out there. But what I could tell you is that I'm stocking up on sprouting seeds and that I feel very safe because I'm off the water grid. So I have water and I have seeds and I feel very comfortable that I could grow my own food. And my book, which launched, um, I'll show you a picture, a little plug here. My book, The Sprout Book, launched in April. It's now in its third printing. Wow, that's incredible. Congratulations. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. And my entire plan of, of going to bookstores and doing book signings and doing talks was entirely mothballed, right? So I couldn't do any of that. And I had virtually no social following. I had like low single digit following, but I had a fire in my belly. So I went out to people and one-on-one, I was doing Instagram lives, I swear, with single digits. Like there might be six people watching the live and I would just do the live. And then, you know, the audiences would get bigger. And then I did some podcasts and then it grew. And now, like literally, there is a sprouting revolution going on around the world. And it's not about whether you're paleo or you're ketogenic or you're functional medicine or you're vegan or you're Weight Watchers. What it's about is that people are realizing that vegetables are good for you. Sprouts are vegetables. Sprouts are low cost. They're easy and accessible to grow. And that my message today is you can add sprouts to breakfast, lunch, dinner, to every snack, to every smoothie. You can juice your sprouts. You can eat them. And that if you're eating sprouts, you cannot overeat the sprouts. Like your brain will say, I'm nourished. I've had enough. And, and stop. And because there's so much fiber, that's where the weight loss comes in. You're eating a lot of, a lot of sprouts. Um, you're getting a lot of nutrition, but you're not getting a lot of calories. So that's where I, I, I only recommend, you know, 50% of your diet being sprouts. Although I may joke around about 
being a sproutarian, but I do think it's important to get calories and to get good high quality fats, whether it be olives or avocados or seeds and nuts. Especially for women too, with our hormones. Yes. Yes. I know very little about women, but uh, yes. (laughs) You also say that sprouts are cancer fighting and help protect us from cardiovascular disease and pollutants in the environment. How so? Well, for one, they have large amounts of vitamin C. So vitamin C is builds healthy immune system. Which is what we want, especially during this COVID pandemic. Yeah, I'm very careful not to to use, you know, to talk about that or to give medical or nutritional advice because in, in the way I'm a simple guy living in the desert, you know, who's eating sprouts. But what 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 I did read and I'm going to give a, a, a shout out to Dr. Jed Fahey at Johns Hopkins University. And Jed was tasked over 20 years ago to find out, they knew that cruciferous vegetables had this compound called glucoraphanin. And they knew that glucoraphanin, when it was mixed with an enzyme called myrosinase, formed sulforaphane. And in 2019, there were probably 1,500 papers on the benefits of sulforaphane coming from cruciferous vegetables. I reached out to Dr. Fahey because I really wanted to understand the history of sulforaphane and broccoli sprouts. And what he came up with when he was looking for the variety of broccoli that had the most sulforaphane, it turned out it wasn't the variety. It was the stage, and it came back to the seed had the most of glucoraphanin, and turned out if you crush, juice, bite, or freeze, you would release these two compounds, and the theory behind it is it is part of the plant's defensive mechanism. So if you have the plant and a pest comes, and it bites through, it will mix the glucoraphanin and myrosinase, and they'll form like a little poison. And that poison will make the bug go away, and the plant stays strong. Well, it turns out that reaction, this chemical reaction, is what helps protect the body and affects the cancer cells and other things. So I, I, wa- I don't want to go too far into detail because it's out of my pay grade. But what I could tell you is when I researched and I spoke to the people who did know, it turns out that for cardiovascular disease, for inflammation, for diabetes, for weight loss, for all of these things, that if the plant-based, we know the whole food plant-based diet works, right, for, for, for dealing with these. Well, turns out, that the the broccoli sprouts and the other sprouts are a concentrated version of the micronutrients, phytonutrients, and compounds that exist in the mature vegetables. And it turns out that as the the broccoli, broccoli seed grows from sprout to microgreen to broccoli, it doesn't increase the amount of the sulforaphane. So there is a finite amount in every seed, 
So as the plant gets bigger, the glucoraphanin and sulforaphane actually get diluted. Now, other things form, the vitamin C increases, the fiber increases, so they, there's benefits. So the, the current jury is recommending to eat mature vegetables and sprouts. How many sprouts? Like for the average person, how many sprouts a day? You said breakfast, lunch, and dinner. How much? Like a cup of sprouts, half a cup? Well, Melissa, I, I know I'm very serious, right? And I would love for people to eat sprouts at every meal. Realistically, I think the research is about 100 grams or one cup of broccoli sprouts a day would be very good, right, in terms of getting this growing your own multivitamin. You would get a lot with one cup. There's different sprouts have different benefits, like the chia sprouts and the flax sprouts have omega-3s in them. So that's really great. The, the green peas and the lentils have higher amounts of protein in them. So, so I would think about diversity of food, thinking about getting a lot of sprouts, and then looking for windows of where you can add sprouts to the diet of you and your family. I love it. You've definitely inspired me. I feel like I'm now converted to sprouts. My husband will be very, very happy with this. So for those of you that are listening to this, if you want to see what I'm about to do, head over to YouTube and you can watch the video. But right here, I have some sprouts. So here are my sprouts. I've got this one here and we've got some, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm trying not to drop them. We've got some broccoli sprouts and sunflower sprouts right here. So these are organic. They're tested for impurities and high germination. And I'll link to where we got them from in the show notes so people can check that out. Now, they were soaked overnight and they're washed three times a day. They were kept in a dark place. Now, we are a little bit concerned of these. They've got a bit of fluff on them. And I want to show you, like, I want to know, is that normal or have I done it wrong? Can you see? Yeah, it's interesting that that fluff in that instance, is actually called root hairs. So it's not mold? No. Okay, phew, because we were like, we've done it wrong. No, no, those are root hairs. And basically what happens is when you're growing them, like in the jar instance, and you're rinsing them, they're a little confused, right? Because in the ground, the roots would go down looking for water. But now you're rinsing and the water is to the left and to the right and to the up and the down, and that it needs the water to actually grow. So that's, they're a little confused, and those are the root hairs. They're so pretty. And I love what you said before, that we need to start the digestion process. And this doesn't, doesn't just go for sprouts, but it begins with our eyes and really admiring them. So I love how beautiful they are. So. How do we start? Where do we begin? Like, speak to me like I'm a total newbie. Because I know for me, I did think, oh, it's too hard. What if I do it wrong? Like, I don't really know how to do this. And, and over here, I've got some broccoli seeds. We've got some radish. And we've got some purple basil or basil, as you would say. We've got watercress, sunflower and purple radish. 
So we are really excited to start sprouting. But for someone listening who is like, I have no idea where to start. I'm a little bit overwhelmed. Where do I begin? I think the, the first is just know that sprouts are very simple, that the seeds are a plant organism. So a seed is a complete plant organism living in a dormant state. And that you get to play creator to work with the seed on taking it from the dormant state to germination to food. So it is hard to grow a garden. It is easy to sprout. So it's very easy to sprout. It is literally one, two, three. Yeah, that's great for anyone who has tried to grow their own food before or herbs and not succeeded. This is kind of like a foolproof way to get loads of nutrients into you. Yeah, well, I grew up in a concrete jungle. So literally, you know, the first time I saw a real forest, I was like, oh, it was like right out of the movies. So I didn't know. And gardening just wasn't a thing for me. So I never grew anything till I grew sprouts. So I think you have to just understand what the sprout is and what makes the seed so magical is that it contains within it everything that it needs to grow for the first week. The only thing you need to add is water. Like that's it. Like not water with chlorine and fluoride, like clean water? I would say use the best water you have. But if the only water you have is tap water, you can use, you can use the, the tap water. I prefer distilled water or spring water. But it's so important not to stand on ceremony and to just say, let's just sprout with what you have. Okay? So that's an important distinction. And in many um, cases, that's all people have. So I really want to make sprouting available to, to people. So the next thing is, if you have water, it is important to get seeds that are organic, that are tested for high germination rate, and are tested for pathogens. Because like everything in life, there are different grades. The seeds that are sold for sprouting are the highest grade for germination. And if you were taking a seed and you were cooking it, it doesn't really matter whether it germinates or not, because you're going to cook it and you're going to eat the minerals and the fiber. But if you want it to sprout, you want the, like the top grade. Do you have any favorite brands online that you would highly recommend? I mean, right now, I buy most of my seeds personally from Sproutman or True Leaf Market. But at the end of the day, you know, there's seeds around the world. I, I really like the community and the reviews, and I look at customer service in part. And the, the seeds, I've had so much success, you know, with seeds from all different sorts. And it's much easier today. I will tell you today in 2020 versus two years ago, the amount of seeds in the market today is 10x, like a, an order of magnitude 10x, force multiplier, more seeds in market. So to sprout, you have a very fancy sprouting set up there. We used to just use a bull mason jar and then we just recently got these. Yeah, that, that Gefu is a very nice kind of second generation upgrade from the mason jar. 
But for all intents and purposes, the, that is a glass jar and there's a screen on the bottom. So the goal of the screen is to keep, could you, could you take off the bottom tray? Just pull off the bottom, turn it upside down, the whole thing. There's water in there at the moment, so I can't tip it upside down. Okay. Well, then we won't do that. You can in this one? No. No, there's water in both of them. Okay. That's the difference between you and me, Melissa. I, I, if I were on the camera, I'd just spill the water and, and just tear it open. I'm kind of like a beast like that. But that's okay. I think my husband would get very mad if I put water all over our carpet and timber desk. He might get very mad at me, but it's all good. You guys, I'm in, you know, I'm in, I'm in a yurt, so uh, with a with a dirt floor, so I wouldn't even notice. So at any rate, so you take the seeds, you add them to the jar, you add water, and you let them soak. And in my book, I I cover sprouting in a jar, sprouting in a tray, sprouting in a bag, sprouting with soil, sprouting with an unbleached paper towel. You can do Hessian bags as well, can't you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, literally, the seeds want to sprout. I mean, it's just that simple, right? The seeds want to sprout. It's in there. You know, in one of the things, if you think about in nature, like one of the reasons why flowers are colorful is because they want the bees, you know, to pollinate them. But they also want other birds to eat the seeds and fly away and then drop the seeds somewhere else so that they can spread. So nature is much smarter than we can ever figure out. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Nature has got it all figured out. I wanted to know, what's the difference between sprouts and shoots? I I think that people try to create labels for certain things, but generally a shoot is part of a sprout that goes straight up, right? So you have roots that go down and you've got shoots that go up. When you're doing the sprouting in the jar, it's basically, you know, going in circles and you're getting curly things. So you could take the same broccoli seed and if you were sprouting it on an unbleached paper towel, it would shoot up, right? And the root would go down. But if you did it in a jar, the seed comes off, the shell comes off, and then you have a curly sprout and the leaves still form because these things want to grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm curious if you could put one book in the school curriculum of every single high school around the world. Now, besides your book, because I think everyone should read that and especially at that age so that they can, you know, go and start sprouting. Is there one other book that you would suggest and love to see in the school curriculum all over the world? I, I like the book, The Four Agreements. Oh, so good. Right. I like that that book. Do you know what they are? I can't remember the exact terminology, but being impeccable with your word. Yes, that's the exact terminology, actually. Oh, my goodness. They've gone from my head. Can you refresh my memory? Yeah. Be impeccable to your word. Always do your best. Don't take anything personally. And there's another one, which is what is the fourth agreement? Let me check. I'll look it up. Here we go. Let's have a look. But how beautiful are they? They are so beautiful and such beautiful little things that you can just live your life by. I really love it. I'll try and find it. Where, where is it? 
Here we go. Well, I'll link to it in the show notes and people can go and read the book. It's a short book. It's not long. It's a very easy read and it's incredible. I've actually had Don Miguel Reese Jr. So Don Miguel wrote the book. I had his son on the podcast. So I'll link to that in the show notes as well. Did you find it? I did. I did. Be impeccable to your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions. Yes. Don't make assumptions. And always do your best. So I think if we if we can get that into the school curriculum, you know, and no one takes things personally and people are doing their best and they're not assuming things and they're operating in integrity, right? And being impeccable to work. I think that would be a great foundation. And understanding why would would also be really helpful. I love it. I totally agree. It's such an incredible book and I want everyone to go and read it if they haven't already. Now, at the very start of our conversation, you shared with us a little bit about your routine and the fact that you, you know, you have this condensed eating window. Can you talk to us about some of your other morning routines and rituals that really set you up for success? Do you meditate? Do you move your body? Tell us about what you usually eat for lunch and dinner. Kind of walk us through a typical day in your life and all of your little rituals and routines you do. Sure. So I get up and then the first thing I have some chores that I need to do kind of around the house and around. So I make my bed. I pull the vacuum out of the hot springs natural pool. And then I drink my water. I put on my my backpack and then I walk out and I'll do I have a yoga practice where I do the primary series of Ashtanga yoga. Sometimes I will do the whole series. More accurately, I'll do minimum Surya Namaskara A and B, so sun salutation A and B, and then I'm done. And then I will go on and run five kilometers or 10 kilometers to just get it out of the way. I don't like running, but I just bang it out. And I do that seven days a week. I don't even get winded on it. And I'll either listen to a podcast or listen to a book on tape, or more than likely, I'm making phone calls. So I'm already like in my throes of the work. And then I come back, I take a shower, and then I soak um, as much time as I have before my next kind of critical activity. I'll soak, and I have a beautiful 5,000-pound granite tub that I fill with hot springs water on demand. So that's an incredible part. And I shower before I go in there and then I'll sit and being impeccable to my word, I'll be on the phone a lot, you know, while I'm soaking and it's a really nice thing. But then the sun starts to come up and it's in, in there. So I get back out into the shade and then I'm, you know, I'm juggling. So I'm doing podcasts and Instagram lives and posting and researching. And then I make my way into the lab and I'm nurturing sprouts. So I always have many different sprouts going in different stages and looking at the results and looking at the root hairs. I was like experimenting. And if you see my last post on Instagram, I was experimenting to see how I could get the most root hairs, right? Because I wanted to get a, a like a, a beautiful shot of the of the root hairs. So I think I have the photo of that I posted yesterday of the most root hairs. We'll link to it in the show notes so people can see. Yeah, thank you. And so so then I, I do a lot with Sprouts. I'm on the phone. I'm pretty isolated here, but 
my my girlfriend lives out here. We have occasional visitors, so I'm I'm hustling on that. And then, you know, around noon, you know, in the summer now, I'll eat my half a watermelon, which is like a full size watermelon. I'll eat half. It was a small size watermelon. I'd eat the whole thing. And then a couple of hours later, I like to eat a whole or half of an aloe leaf. So I really like the fresh aloe leaf. I fillet it. I take off the greens. I just love it. Super good for digestion, good for the skin, good for the desert. So it helps me kind of hold my water. I just love everything about aloe. We grow it. I'm here, um, but I'll also buy it. And then later on the day, I'll start to, you know, eat handfuls of sprouts. Usually, you know, I'll eat like an eight ounce serving handful of broccoli sprouts and just, you know, mow through it almost like I had a lawnmower and just, you know, like they're just so familiar with me. I can eat them. And then I'll eat some more different sprouts. And then my girlfriend makes this beautiful gourmet um, vegan dinner almost, you know, seven nights a week, six nights a week. One night we may go to town and and eat in COVID outside or we'll picnic and go to the park. And that's like my, and so my, my goal is no salt, oil, or sugar, whole food, plant-based. And then right now I'm really into dates. So I can eat, you know, 10, 15, 20 medjool dates and they've got great potassium. They've got great sugar, great fiber, and I'm pretty regular. So I think the dates and the watermelon and the fruits, and I'm certainly getting a lot of fiber. And and that's like my, my day. And we like to meditate. We don't meditate enough. I've done two 10-day Vipassana meditations. So you no know, reading, writing, speaking, eye contact. And I like to do a sit once or twice a day of usually as little as 10 minutes. I prefer to do an hour. I rarely do an hour, maybe on a Saturday when it's really peaceful, I'll sit for an hour, but otherwise I'll struggle through to do 20 minutes. Wow. Sounds like a beautiful, beautiful day. And then what time do you usually go to bed? We like to be in bed by 10 o'clock. We probably don't go to sleep until midnight. I use the Aura Ring and they're not sponsoring me. And then I use Sleep Cycle. Have you seen the Sleep Cycle app? Yeah, my husband has an Aura Ring. Yeah, well, this this is actually a free app also, the Sleep Cycle. So you can look at my sleep quality. It varies. <laughs> so some nights I'll get eight hours and some nights I'll get four. So it really depends like what, what's going on, on on the day and the night. So, but it almost like I know that sleep is good and I want to rest. I like activity. I like to do things. Mm, definitely. And when I can, we have a nice lap pool. So if we get done early, you know, we might take a break and do some laps in the pool and we soak together and watch the stars. I posted two posts ago, we had a comet, the Neowise comet, and we could see the comet like from our driveway, like that powerful. Oh, that's amazing. I'm definitely going to go and stalk your Instagram after this and look at all of these incredible things. I actually have three rapid fire questions for you now. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Well, they say in the military, never ready, always prepared. 
So I'm prepared for your question. Great. What is one thing that we can all do today for our health? I think I know what you're going to say. Eat sprouts. Eat sprouts, exactly. What's one thing we can do for more wealth in our life? So more abundance in all areas of our life. Meditate. Mm -hmm, Definitely. And what's one thing that we can do today for more love in our life? Be love. Beautiful. I love that. There's another book that I read. uh, It's a sales book called The Greatest Salesman in the World. And there was a chapter on love. And it says, I'll greet this day with love in my heart. For this is the greatest secret of success in all ventures. And there's one part as it goes through. I could recite the entire chapter for you if you wanted to. But it, it, later on in the chapter, it says, and how will I confront each whom I meet? In only one way, in silence and to myself, I will address them and say, I love you. Oh, wow. What was the name of the book? I'm going to link to it in the show notes. Yeah, The Greatest Salesman in the World. Wow, that sounds beautiful. Oh, it's really beautiful. And there's a chapter on persistence that is also in my DNA. Like it is in my DNA. I memorized that chapter too. Wow, that's incredible. I'm definitely going to read that. So thank you for that little recommendation. Is there anything else that you want to share with us? You have shared so much information. Is there any last parting words of wisdom or anything that you wanted to talk about that we didn't get to chat about yet? I think the the thing is that right now we're living in crazy times, right? And the reality is we have always been living in crazy times. Like always, there's always something going on. So it's important to master equanimity and to know that whatever is going on in the world, like have your intention of what is important to you and then take optimistic, affirmative action in order to achieve that. And it's really important sometimes to put blinders on so that you can stay focused on the goal. So like my goal is to get a billion people eating sprouts, like that's my definite purpose. So when people start to talk about politics or or baseball or you know even like the the C word that you said before, like in a way I I kind of put my blinders up and in the most polite way I ask myself, is this information going to help me achieve my definite purpose in life and my goals, or is it a distraction? And most things are a distraction. So I'm like staying, you know, keeping my eyes on the prize. I love that. Yes. Stay in your lane. And I love that you've got a big goal, a big vision, and I definitely see it happening. So I'm excited. I'm converted. I'm going to be a sprouter. So thank you for all of your wisdom and sharing with us. I love how much you care about sprouts and how much you care about helping people get healthier and happier. You serve so many people with your book, with your Instagram, with everything that you're putting out there, all the podcasts and the lives and everything that you're doing. So I want to know how can I give back to you? How can myself and the listeners serve you and give back to you? Because you are giving to so many other people. How can we give back to you? You know, that's probably a wound that I have. 
that I don't like to ask for things for myself. Like, so I would say, buy my book and write a nice review on Amazon. You know, follow me on Instagram, engage in the comments, and send me your spouting success. Like, I want to see the pictures of your spouts, of your success, of your transformations, so that I feel like, you know, I'm not just, you know, treading water, but I'm swimming towards my goal. Mm, Beautiful. We'll definitely do that. And we'll link to everything in the show notes. Doug, this has been incredible. I have learned so much and I cannot wait to start sprouting all of my other goodies that I've got here. So thank you so much for being here, for sharing with us and for all your words and wisdom today. My pleasure, Melissa. The fact that you're doing this and you're serving so much and you reached out to me, it's like the law of attraction. Like I feel that my work to attract you, to invite me onto your platform is is just beautiful because that that's the way, like I believe in attraction, not promotion. So that was just beautiful. So thank you for your work. I was so excited to be on your, on your podcast. I told you, I just got off the phone with my friends in Sydney. So Philip, David and Richard, they've got an industrial design firm, Alchemy in Sydney. And they, they're just tremendous. And I literally went from that call one minute later, I just jumped on to the call with you. Lots of Aussies around you today. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Melissa. Thank you so much, Doug. I loved that conversation. I am so inspired to sprout. I'm so inspired to eat sprouts and get them into my life every single day. I got so much out of this episode. And if you did too, please subscribe and leave me a review in iTunes or on your podcast app, because that means that we can inspire and educate even more people together. And it also means that you could potentially be the review of the week for next week, which is pretty awesome. Don't forget to come and follow me on Instagram at Melissa Ambrosini and tell me your top key takeaways from this episode. I absolutely love reading them all. And for everything that we mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes and that's over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 349. But before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here, for wanting to be the best, the healthiest and the happiest version of yourself and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them, do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. And until next time, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.